You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Locked On Mets is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Well, the reality is still sinking in that Jacob deGrom is no longer a New York Met. On the show today, I will really try... To get you all on the therapy couch and understand it from all sides. From DeGrom's perspective, was he always planning on leaving? Or is this something that materialized throughout this offseason? What factors led him to Texas, other than just the obvious one of the money? Then we're going to get into the Mets' perspective of this. Is this what they always wanted? And are they better off without Jacob DeGrom on a five-year deal moving forward? Before we get to any of that, though... I'm your host, Ryan Finkelstein. If you want to find any of my work, follow me on Twitter, at FinkelsteinRyan. You can also find some of my writing at JustBaseball.com, where I work as the managing editor, and where I just wrote an article uh, with the same title as today's podcast, What Led to the Split of Jacob deGrom and the Mets. And personally, as someone that has always viewed writing, uh, particularly about something I care about, to be therapeutic, that's what this exercise was for me tonight. I finally had had some time to reflect on all the reports that we've seen and try to put myself in both the team's shoes and DeGrom's shoes and understand what broke down here, what happened. Because it's unfathomable, or it would have been unfathomable two years ago um, after the 2020 season when the Mets had new ownership that Jacob deGrom would not finish his career with the New York Mets. That just didn't seem like something that would happen. I mean, this was a guy that was coming off two Cy Youngs. You have an abbreviated 2020 season where he wasn't able to win a third one, but he certainly pitched up to that standard. Hadn't even been hurt, if you remember, since 2016. You know, Over that span from, um, it was actually from 2015 through 2020, only Max Scherzer and Zach Greinke threw more innings than Jacob deGrom. So, what could have happened over the last two years or what ended up happening over the last two years is something that we never would have imagined. And here we are, DeGrom's not a Met and he only made 26 starts in his last two seasons. And now it's a Max Scherzer led Mets and you don't know what's next. But in my article, I had to, for one, go through the reporting and that's something that we haven't done on this show yet. So we'll start there about, the details of what happened here because they're pretty fascinating. So when I recorded right after the news, it was just my gut reaction. It was just, DeGrom's not a Met. What the heck just happened? That, that's all it was. Now we have gotten some reports throughout you know, the, the hours after that ha- have painted a picture of how this free agent period took place. First things first, the Mets were not given an opportunity to match this contract. And that speaks volumes it does uh because you have to wonder if jacob Degrom did not want the mets to match if he was just at this point 
dead set on moving and going to Texas. That's what your gut reaction has to be. But you also see the reported contract details of three years, $120 million, something in that neighborhood. Now, you would say fair contract, $40 million a year, should be market value. He might not have gotten an offer that good from any team other than the one that he ultimately signed with the Rangers. With that being said, ever since the Mets signed Max Scherzer to a three-year, $130 million deal, I've always said that set the precedent. That's the starting point for DeGrom. The Mets came in under that starting point at $120 million. So how do you get to a point where a guy who spent his entire career with one franchise leaves and goes elsewhere? Could it be the fact that he doesn't love New York City? Possibly. And I'm sure that maybe weighed into it. And we'll get into all those factors in the next segment. But also, if you don't feel that overwhelming um, desire for your team to retain you, it leaves the door open for other teams to come into the picture. We saw it last offseason where Noah Syndergaard got a qualifying offer, but there was no real communication with the Mets. Meanwhile, the Angels wined and dined him, got him to sign. We saw it with Zach Wheeler where the Mets just simply didn't engage with him at all, even though he wanted to come back. And in this instance, you have to wonder how much conversation was happening. Also, you have that precedent that was set that the Mets came under. And... If you compare it to Edwin Diaz, you see completely different scenarios in free agency here. Edwin Diaz wanted to be a Met, clearly. Comes to them early in the process, I want to come back. There's no questions about what Diaz can do after this season he just had coming off, you know, if not a career year, the second best year behind that last season in Seattle. Remarkable numbers, no injury concerns these two sides were able to to come together. They both had that mutual understanding that they wanted to find a deal. Diaz gets deferrals. That helps the Mets when it comes to luxury tax. Diaz gets a signing bonus bigger than Chapman's. He gets a bigger overall contract at Chapman's. And he exceeds $100 million on the total money. Everyone wins in that scenario. In this one, it's more... Uh, DeGrom maybe wants to be back, but he wants to get his years... The Mets want him back, but on their terms. And, and there wasn't that, that great you know, interest from both sides or from one of the sides where the overwhelming desire pushes you closer, where Jacob deGrom gets this contract offer from the Rangers and says, hey, uh, you know, can you guys give me a fourth year with two vesting options on a fifth and sixth year and let's get something done? Or, or, or you know, here's the contract, will you match it even? He moves on. The Mets don't even start their three-year contract at the same level as his teammate Max Scherzer. And then this all happens. So I think a lot really did go into this decision by DeGrom. Um, And I want to dive into those factors a little bit deeper. I also have an apology for Andy Martino. uh, So we'll get to that in the next segment here. Uh, But uh, crazy to think. Still, I'm reeling that uh, DeGrom is no longer a New York Met. Before we get into any more of that story, though, today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for your sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. They've got it all at BetOnline.net. 
And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at Bet Online as well. Bet Online is always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. You can find bets on free agency at Bet Online. You could have bet on Jacob DeGrom to land with the Rangers, and you would have cashed in on a nice, nice deal at this point. So head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in the action. Bet Online, where the game starts. last segment i teased an apology to andy martino and i'm just gonna get to it a couple weeks back i did a show titled as the reality of jacob Degrom and aaron judges for agency something along those lines and i was frustrated by the reporting that was out there on Degrom's free agency and particularly there was a andy martino report on another mets podcast where he just basically said that no one really knew what was going on um, but throughout this entire process, Martino has been pretty consistent saying that DeGrom had uh, interest in moving on and he was proved right on this. And so I was very critical of Martino's reporting. He was correct on this story. I owe him an apology. Now, the general sentiment of that podcast still remains true because my larger criticism was the fact that it felt like all these outlets were trying to vilify Jacob deGrom and we're still seeing that but not from Martino so I'll give Martino credit in that sense he has more been discussing the fact that the market did not have deGrom valued at this contract which I think is probably true the Rangers were the one team that did and deGrom of course chose to sign with the team that is giving him the best deal I've seen other reporters like John Heyman and Joel Sherman and particularly Heyman Fire shots at Jacob DeGrom. Joel Sherman, it was a subtle one where he was tweeting about his article. I didn't actually read the article, to be honest with you. But in the tweet, he did make a, 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 a or he did criticize DeGrom subtly by saying a guy who hasn't pitched in two years and exudes no leadership qualifications or characteristics. Um, and it was in relation to Aaron Judge being the op- opposite of that. And how much would the Giants pay if the Rangers just paid what they did for DeGrom? When you look at John Heyman, it feels like he's a scorn lover of Jacob DeGrom, the way he's tweeting. I mean, in the columns he's written about him, like it was his money that was going to waste when DeGrom was on the IL. Like He was personally offended that this guy ended up on the injured list as if he decided to himself. And it's, I hate to say childish, but that's the only way that I can describe the reaction from Heyman towards DeGrom this offseason, it's it's a loose cannon. It makes no sense to me. So my overall sentiment, I still stand by, but Martino in particular, I do apologize that I was hard on him because his reporting was right. With that said, all of this reporting that we've gotten, it has painted a picture that has made the Mets out to be um, – You know, a team that is not really too upset with this decision, that presented a fair offer and did not want to overpay to retain their guy, which is completely fair. With all of that said, I do wonder, had the Mets come to Jacob deGrom day one of the offseason, whether this was a good decision or not, and offered him 
a five-year deal at that same $40 million that was on the table, or even slightly below that. Let's say it was instead of a five-year $200 million contract, let's call it you know, five for uh, 190. And he got the guaranteed years he wanted. I find it hard to believe that Jacob deGrom wouldn't have signed that contract. And maybe that's just me looking through my blue and orange tinted glasses and I'm blind. And this is just a guy that I've loved, watched, I've loved to watch throughout his entire career. And I can't get my head around the fact that he just hated New York that much. But... I really do think that it's a combination of factors. It's the same media members that just trashed him or have been trashing him for over a year now that maybe he just didn't want to deal with anymore. It's the fact that he never really seemed to love New York City. I mean, DeGrom is from Central Florida. I actually live in South Florida, have lived in Florida my entire life, and very familiar with the state that I live. And down where I'm at in the Tri-County area, Broward, Palm Beach, Miami-Dade, you have a lot of people who are multicultured, uh, you know, immigrants from from out of the country. A lot of people from the Northeast that have come down. So a lot of New Yorkers. It's a vibe that is not very similar to New York City in the sense that there's not, uh, you know, a big city with a bunch of people. But the type of characters that you see do resemble the type of melting pot that you would see out in New York City. Now you get to more rural. Florida, you get to the center of the state where DeGrom is from, that's country, okay? That is southern. Like, South Florida is not the south, but (laughs) central and northern Florida is more in the south, if that makes sense. So, Jacob DeGrom is used to the type of lifestyle that you would see out in Texas. So, you combine everything. You combine the, you know, lack of overwhelming interest from the Mets, that they were having conversations, but they weren't willing to commit years to them. You factor in the media. You factor in the just constant scrutiny with the fans and the media playing in the New York City market. And then just the fact that maybe you don't even like to live in New York City. You take all those things into account. Now maybe you can say, all right, maybe my chance of winning is better in New York, but I'm getting way more money for a team that loves the idea of having me, that is willing to commit to me in this way, and also a team that is committed to winning in the sense that they've gone out and they've spent you know, close to $700 million in free agency over the last two years. A team that has Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon and has some interesting prospects coming up through the farm, and maybe he can talk himself into, with my own talents, I can propel this team to the next level and we can still make it to the playoffs and and I can still have a chance to win a World Series, but I'm getting my guaranteed money and everything else that comes with it. I think that it's a little bit more of that than Jacob deGrom just knew that he had to get himself out of New York as some are maybe jumping to that conclusion based simply on the fact that he did not give the Mets a chance to match this offer. I think that if the Mets were more aggressive in this, they could have brought Jacob DeGrom back. But they made the decision for their franchise that they were going to let the market dictate what Jacob DeGrom would get. Whether that meant wanting the opportunity to match this type of a contract or if that meant 
we're comfortable at 40 million per for three years. We might be comfortable getting that into Max Scherzer range. Maybe their thought was we're going to offer him this first offer that is over 40 million. Let him hit the market. The market's going to tell him that no one's given him more than three years. And when he comes back to us, we'll maybe meet more at the middle and get something closer to Scherzer. Maybe that was their plan here. And if not for the Rangers, it might have worked out that DeGrom would have come back to them. But I also don't get the sense that the New York Mets are losing sleep over this, which makes me think that maybe they just pulled an absolute masterclass in how to, you know, (laughs) move on from a player that you don't really have faith in anymore, that is a homegrown guy that is supposed to be beloved. And they found a way to not be the bad guy in this situation, which for a franchise that has always been the bad guy, I have to respect. And we're going to get to that more in just a minute. But first, today's episode is brought to you by Simply Safe. Did you know that over the holidays, property crimes like burglary and package theft spike nationally? That's why our friends at Simply Safe Home Security are offering 50% off their award winning security system so that more families can feel safe and secure this holiday season. SimpliSafe was named the best home security system of 2022 by U.S. News and World Report, a third year in a row. In an emergency, 24-7 professional monitoring agents use the FastProtect technology exclusively from SimpliSafe to capture critical evidence and verify that a threat is real so you can get a priority police response. SimpliSafe is a whole home security with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door, HD security cameras for inside and outside, Smart ways to detect motion that alerts you only when a threat is real and even hazard sensors that detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system I would recommend by getting 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB. This is the biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB. There's no safe. Like Simply Safe. So, did the Mets get what they wanted with Jacob DeGrom signing with another team? I think they might have. I really think that they might have. And look, I've been one to point to DeGrom's previous um, durability uh, to believe that there could be uh, a bounce back where he could stay healthy in his late 30s here, or his mid to late 30s over the course of this contract. But you can't ignore the last two years. And the New York Mets very well could have looked at the possibility of signing Jacob DeGrom to a contract beyond three years knowing that they could get Justin Verlander on a two- to three-year deal and just felt like this wasn't the best move for them. Or even, if not Verlander, if not Rodon even, just the thought of five years in DeGrom where if he breaks down and you could be looking at Steven Strasburg with the Nationals where they just have a dead contract on their roster, a franchise with the Mets, remember, that just did that with David Wright, did that with Ioannis Cespedes, Now, you never want to see a guy who had such an incredible legacy with this franchise move on. 
But if Jacob deGrom can't stay healthy over the next five years, this was exactly what the Mets should have done. And when you weigh risk to reward, while I thought the reward outweighed the risk, maybe the Mets did not. And so how do you get Jacob deGrom to leave and not be the bad guy? You come in at 120, give him a fair offer, but not a great offer. It's a good offer, a very good offer. But again, Scherzer got 130. You could have started it right there. You could have said, hey, we'll give you the Scherzer contract. They didn't do that. They came in below. And remember, even a guy who walked out to Simple Man has an ego. Everyone does. So there's a little slight message in that. In offering him a three-year deal less than Scherzer's. There's something to that. Then you have sparing conversations throughout the offseason. You never really give him the indication to go beyond three years. Then, (laughs) when that contract is presented to you, you would have had to make a decision. Now, the Mets could have gotten to this point where they decline. And then they may be made out to be a little bit more of the bad guy in this. As I was even alluding to on my show when I still didn't know the details yesterday. Or, um, you know, where I thought that maybe the Mets, or I figured the Mets would have had the opportunity to match. And I assumed that they didn't because he signed elsewhere. To be able to now sit back and DeGrom does them a favor by not extending them that opportunity. They don't even have to turn it down. Well, now you're off completely scot-free. I mean, yes, you just lost an incredible talent. But if you never really wanted him on a long-term deal anyway, well, now DeGrom gets to be the bad guy. You can sit back. You can move your attention to Justin Verlander and Carlos Rodon. Sign one of the guys that pitched 175-plus innings last year that for Verlander finished uh, as the Cy Young for Rodon. Got Cy Young votes again. Can't remember which year he was top five and which year he was top six. But the last two years in each respective league, he was in the top six of voting. You can get one of those two guys now that you might think is a better bet to stay healthy in 2023 when you're trying to win a World Series and beyond that in 2024 and 2025 potentially. And you just say, oh, well, we wish Jacob DeGrom the best. And you come off like a good organization because you know what? The Mets are a good organization now. And I do believe they're going to continue to make good decisions. And hopefully one of those, you know, fallouts from all this is that they're going to do a better job of retaining their homegrown players earlier so that these price tags don't get exorbitant. And you can't sign all of them without crippling your franchise. I'm never going to like the fact that Jacob deGrom is not pitching in a Mets uniform. Uh, But after writing this article and doing this podcast today, I feel like I understand it from both sides. And look, you can root for Jacob deGrom still, as I will, because he's pitching for the Rangers. And a lot has to break right for the Rangers to meet the Mets in any significant way. And if we ever get a Jacob DeGrom versus Mets World Series, by all means, that would be incredible theater. So, uh, 
until the unlikelihood of that happening, I'll be rooting for Jacob DeGrom. Uh, but of course, you know, the Mets are still the main focus and they're going to bounce back from this. And ultimately this, this could prove to be a really good thing for this franchise, depending on how they pivot, how they fill out this roster and how that money gets spent over the next five years. And the beautiful thing is this isn't a Zach Wheeler with the Wilpon situation where that money just doesn't get spent. It will be spent in other ways to help the Mets continue to contend. Anyway, though, that's going to be all for this edition of Locked on Mets. As always, thank you for listening. Make sure you follow, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you follow me on Twitter, at FinkelsteinRyan. Follow the show, at Locked on Mets. Thank you for making Locked on Mets your first listen every day. Now for your second listen, check out Locked on Sports Today, hosted by Peter Bukowski. Locked on Sports Today is where you want to go to stay up to date with everything going on around sports. You can follow Locked on Sports Today on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts.